do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. It was nearly half a century ago that I began to make my way through the, the little classic, My Upmost for His Highest. It was the very first daily devotional I'd ever read, and it had an immediate, powerful, and enduring impact. Oswald Chambers was not exactly a paragon or an exemplar of Reformed theology with his Keswickian view of sanctification, though he was converted under the ministry of Charles Spurgeon and was profoundly shaped by the sermons of Thomas Chalmers. In any case, I very quickly found a host of his memorable phrases making their way from the pages of that little red hardcover book into my daily conversation. Broken bread and poured out wine. Not knowing whither. Prayer is the greater work. The strain of waiting. Uh, We are made for the valley. Do what is not your duty. Listening in the dark and unhasting and unresting. Day after day, I found his wisdom to be pungent and picturesque, enabling me to taste and see the profoundest truths of the gospel with a potent practicality. One entry in particular bolstered my faith, emboldened my vision, and shaped my thinking. It gave trajectory to my calling. It's from the January 6th entry on worship based on Genesis 12:8, Abram, called by the Lord out of Ur of the Chaldees, made his way first to Haran, then to Shechem, and finally to the hill country between Bethel and Ai, where he pitched his tent under the oak of Mamre. Chambers commented that Bethel is the symbol of communion with God. I is the symbol of the world. Abraham pitched his tent between the two. Explaining, he wrote, we have to pitch our tents where we shall always have quiet times with God, however noisy our times with the world may be. There are not three stages in the spiritual life, worship, waiting, and work. Some of us go in jumps like spiritual frogs. We jump from worship to waiting and from waiting to work. God's idea is that these should all go together. They were always together in the life of our Lord Jesus. He was unhasting and unresting. Now, when I first read that passage so many years ago now, I was struck by the rare wisdom it contained, finding a proper balance between heavenly concern and earthly responsibility is it's never easy. Uh, we are all constantly tugged between piety and practicality, between devotion and duty, between communion with God and calling in the world. Honing a balanced biblical worldview involves 
both the drudgery of daily labor and the high ideals of faith, hope, and love. It involves uh, the certainty that we are called to work and serve in this poor, fallen world while simultaneously acknowledging that we are merely pilgrims journeying to the celestial city. To pitch our tents between Bethel and I is thus a biblical way of describing our call to be in the world, but not of it. To never quite be at home until we're all the way home. To never bifurcate our or perhaps even dichotomize our callings into upper-story leaps or lower-story slumps. It is a metaphor for describing a genuinely biblical worldview. The Christian view of the world and all the things of the world is fraught with an evident paradox— an appreciation for both the potentialities and the liabilities of fallen creation. We know, for instance, that the world is only a temporary dwelling place. It is passing away. And we are here but for a little while as aliens and sojourners. Because we are a part of God's household, our true citizenship is in heaven. Our affections are naturally set on things above. In addition, the world is filled with dangers, toils, and snares. In tandem with the flesh of the devil, it makes war on the saints. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father. The world cannot receive the spirit of truth because the cares of this world choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Thankfully, Christ overcame the world and then chose us out of the world. Thus, we are not to be conformed to the world, neither are we to love the world, because Christ gave himself for us that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Though we once walked according to the course of the world, we now are to keep ourselves unspotted by the world. Indeed, friendship with the world is enmity with, uh, with God, so that whoever is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Thus, warnings against worldliness, carnal-mindedness, and earthly attachments dominate biblical ethics. But then, that's the problem, isn't it? We must continue to live in the world, we must be in it, but not of it. And that's no easy feat. To make matters even more complex, we not only have to live in this dangerous fallen world, but we have to work in it, serve in it, minister in it. And we have been appointed ambassadors to it, priests for it, and witnesses in it. We even have to go to the uttermost parts of it, offering a good confession of the eternal life to which we are called. The reason for this seemingly contradictory state of affairs, enmity with the world on one hand and responsibility to it on the other, is simply that though the world is in the power of the evil one and knows not God, neither the children of God, God is, in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. 
Jesus is the light of the world. He's the Savior of the world. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Through Christ, all things are reconciled to the Father so that finally the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. A genuinely integrated Christian worldview must be cognizant of both perspectives of the world and treat them with equal weight. The world is simultaneously an ogre's castle to be stormed and a cottage in the wood to which we return at the end of a long day's labor to rest. So, between Bethel and I, that's where I pray the Lord would enable us all to pitch our tents until that glorious day when we are brought all the way home, where the tents shall be exchanged for mansions. And that is both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net.